Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast, hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan World Naturals Bikini Pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. Welcome to the 39th episode of the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. I am your host, Sammy Superwoman Shorty, and I am here every week. Well, not every week. We've been slacking on the weekly episodes lately. Yeah, you're not fooling anybody. Anyway, I am truly blessed to be alongside my not-so-motivated sister, Sarah Shorky, even though we totally had a fight this morning about recording this podcast, and she even went so far as to hang the phone up on me. I did call back and apologize for my immature behavior. Yeah, and after I called you back after... After you hung up on me, you ignored that call? Actually, I was in the shower. I didn't know you had called back. And for the record, she is extremely frustrating to deal with. (laughs) You'd probably hang up on her too. Anyways, can you please introduce yourself using a catchy middle name that is relevant to the topic of this episode and stop airing our dirty sister laundry on the air? No pun intended. Airing, huh? That's, that's a good one. You aired the dirty laundry. I was fully prepared to be all fake and phony and just pretend it never happened like we usually do. Yes, of course. Can you just introduce yourself, please, and let's get on with the episode? Oh, that feels so long ago. I was going to go with Sarah somewhat motivated, average woman, Shorky. All right, that works. But I thought you don't like when I say you're average. I'm learning to embrace my regularity. That's good. In some ways, it's uh, very healthy to be regular. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. Sisters. <laughs> and speaking of family, maybe we should share that every time we do that throat clearing laugh, the <clears throat> it's actually an ode to our deceased Uncle Brian. And I wonder if Uncle Brian would be touched and honored that we mimic his laugh all the time on the podcast. I think he would be quite tickled. I think so too. Even though Uncle Brian also owned a butcher shop Mm. and I kind of wanted to punch him in the throat every year at Christmas when he would go on ad nauseum about the dead turkey that he had brought over for dinner. Yes. Yes, this is true. This intro has taken a very weird and somewhat disturbing turn. Yes, this is also true. Moving on. Yes, so what is exciting about this podcast episode is that it is the first episode in several weeks where it's just me and you shooting the shit again.
ends here. Yeah, I was starting to think I was being phased out. Nah, nah, that'll never happen. And that's not because you're even informative or useful. Of course not. But simply for the fact that it would be really boring to only have me talking ad nauseum every single episode we do not have a guest for. Ugh. God, yeah, that would be brutal. Yeah, thanks. But anyway, this week's episode is one we thought we could take on ourselves, and one that has actually been suggested to us by a few of our podcast listeners, and the topic is basically how to find motivation and stick to a clean eating plan or get your ass in the gym when life starts getting in the way. Now I know this is definitely something I deal with all of the time with clients and I feel very confident that I can definitely offer lots of tips and tools and advice, but I would love to know what kind of suggestions you have, Sarah. How do you find the motivation to work out and eat clean amidst the daily stresses of life and running a tight ship with all of your family obligations, something I know nothing about. Well, I actually feel like I have tons of experience in this department. I can't tell if you're being serious or a smartass, but I was basically proposing this question to you as a smartass. And a bitch. <laughs> Sisters! <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, if you are being serious, then I encourage you to please share your experience with motivation. Well, to be honest, as much as we, and by we I mean you, make endless jokes about my laziness and lack of activity, I'm actually normally a very motivated person. And actually, before you continue, I think it is worth mentioning that Sarah's treadmill setup is literally the most depressing cardio situation I've ever seen in my entire life and if anyone can jump on that thing in the coldest darkest corner of her unfinished basement and hammer out a cardio session I applaud them so yeah seriously let's start there how the hell do you get on that thing and how often do you do so and how often do you contemplate committing suicide whilst on it <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's not so much suicide that I'm contemplating, but rather I stare at all the bins of crap down there and <laughs> think of ways to make it more bearable if I had the time. Yeah, actually, I'm not sure which is more sad, my exercise corner or my husband's man cave corner. Oh, it's all sad. Trust me. <laughs> it makes me feel grateful for the windowless yet at least bright communal gym in my apartment complex where I do my cardio. But anyways, let us hear these motivational tips and suggestions. I didn't say I had any tips or suggestions. I said I have plenty of experience in struggling to find motivation. Oh, but okay, that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted, only to have my exercise corner insulted, <laughs> I used to be a lot more motivated. However, this past year has been a major challenge. Fair enough. I think as a mother, this is something I definitely hear all the time from my clients, i.e. as soon as kids come into the picture, 
it's no surprise that parents immediately put their own needs last. Mm, yes, a completely foreign concept to you. Yes, this is true. But yeah, maybe you could touch on your own experience as a mom and how difficult it can be to make time for your own health and fitness when you're barely getting enough sleep, let alone finding an hour to get a workout in in your depressing workout corner. Yeah, I was going to say, hence my horribly sad corner in the basement <laughs> where my kids are scared to even go down there. <laughs> but wouldn't that be perfect then? You can escape and get a good workout in because they are terrified to go down there? Yes, that's why it's in the basement. And the cardio <laughs> I can do at the crack of dawn while everybody's sleeping, which is a lot more ideal than having the kids yelling from the top of the stairs, Mom, what are you doing down there? Nice snack? <laughs> well, and that basically proves one of my biggest pieces of advice to be true, and that is you literally have to make time time and find the time to make your exercise a priority just like every other thing in your life that you make a priority so for some people the crack of dawn might be the only time they have to get a 20 minute cardio session in and for others it's going to be an hour at the gym after work at seven but no matter what your schedule is or who you are I just don't buy that no one can set aside 20 or 30 minutes to be active and move their body even if it's five minutes if my clients tell me they have five minutes I'll give you a treadmill routine that will have you sweating profusely after five minutes so my point is that when it comes to motivation we all have priorities and we all have to prioritize accordingly so just like picking up your kids from school every day is built into your daily schedule so should be your exercise well hardly the same thing but okay no I completely disagree well I'm not going to jail if I don't lift some weights. Well, I think I'd rather go to jail than do weights in your basement. <laughs> but no, for real, you hear me talk about self-care all the time. Here we go. And how we cannot be the best wife or husband or parent or employee when we're not setting aside time for self-care. And yet, when life gets in the way, our self-care is always the first thing to get flushed down the toilet. And when those self-care practices are the very glue that holds us together as a happy, healthy, high-functioning human being. Yeah, I think we can all relate to a lack of time and struggling with cramming yet another task into our already overflowing schedules. But for me personally, the last year has been really hard. Most people don't know this, but three years ago, I was told that I needed a hip replacement. Because of my age, the fact that I had a baby at the time, and the 20 year max lifespan on the artificial hip, the surgeon told me to hold off as long as I could. So for two years, I made the best of a shitty situation, but man, this last year, I've been super depressed, the pain has been so much worse, and it's been really hard feeling motivated to give a shit since exercise feels, you know, almost pointless and hopeless. But the hip issue aside, I think there are a lot of people out there who can relate to feeling depressed and struggling to find motivation and break free from that pointless, hopeless mindset. And I should mention that in the past, I have struggled with depression and exercise has always been my natural and antidepressant. I definitely feel better when I'm fit and healthy, but this past year I haven't had that 
endorphin rush to fall back on and snap me out of it. I totally feel for you. It always makes me hurt, obviously, when I recognize just how much suffering you deal with. And of course, being the fixer personal trainer that I am, I immediately go into coach mode and I want to motivate you to do what you can despite your physical restrictions and put a stronger emphasis on your nutrition and eating foods that will make you feel better and boost your energy and even boost your mood. But I think this is a perfect example of how any kind of positive change to our health, it has to come from within. And so many of us, and we see this all the time via having a coaching business, is that we look to the outside world for motivation and clients want me to come riding in on a big white horse and quote unquote save them from themselves and their less than ideal eating and fitness habits. And even worse, a lot of people will blame the outside world for the reason why they're not eating healthy or why they're skipping their workouts. And we see this all the time too, with people try to blame me as their coach. And as a society, I think it is so common that we love to avoid taking responsibility for our own actions. And it's actually called the self-serving bias, if you want to delve into the psychology of it, which essentially means that many of us will take the credit for ourselves if things go good in life. But if things don't go as planned, we love to lay blame on the circumstance or other people. And why do we do that? Because it's easy. And it means we don't have to be accountable or more importantly, vulnerable. And it feeds our need for control. And that means that if we can put the blame on someone else for something not going as we hoped it would, then we don't have to beat ourselves up because we are still in control of the situation, right? Well, yes, it is a lot easier to say that someone failed you than you failed yourself. Exactly. And it protects your ego. And what I sometimes see with our clients, they'll play the victim card in this blame game of why they're throwing in the towel on their exercise or their nutrition. But either way, I would absolutely encourage anyone to really break out that self-talk that I always mention and ask yourself, why are you blaming other people or a certain circumstance for this perceived failure of yours? Or perhaps the better question to ask is, why do you feel so badly about yourself that you have to blame others in order to feel better? Yeah, I have to say this type of behavior is something I really can't relate to and find extremely irritating. I've admitted that I can completely understand the struggle with motivation, whether it's a lack of time or being too tired to get your ass out of bed or feeling depressed. But those are all things that only you can control. Mm -hmm. And it's even like what you were saying. I don't know how many times you've tried to help me out. And that's not really the point. Some people are probably thinking how lucky I am to have a trainer, bodybuilding champ as a sister. But that means nothing if I'm not feeling it. And I think that's a pressure that a lot of people put on you as a coach. Mm -hmm. They expect you to have the answers and pull them up by the bootstraps when the best you can do is give them the tools and the plans to follow, encourage them, but you can't give them motivation or ambition. Yeah, and I know that probably sounds really depressing and discouraging because people think that, okay, I've made the first step of hiring a coach. I'm already halfway there. And it's funny how often clients will credit me for their transformations. And I'm always the first person to say, no, this was all you. And I'll use the cheesy analogy that I always give my clients. And that is I provide them with the roadmaps or I guess nowadays I'd say 
say Google Maps <laughs> on how to get to their destination, but they are the one driving. And some of them will take the quickest route and others will take the longer, more scenic route. And others will get lost 50 times before making it to their destination. But regardless, they are the one in the driver's seat. And so whenever I hear from a client struggling to follow the training or nutrition plan that I've written for them, and their solution is, well, let's just book more Skype calls with you, or ask that I provide them with more check-ins or accountability tools. But those things will have very little impact on their results because their why is not strong enough in the first place. And so I won't offer to hold their hand or call them every week to see how they're doing. Instead, I tell them to really look inward and ask themselves, why are you even doing this? And more importantly, start working on their self-esteem. And I realize this probably sounds harsh, but I've seen it time and time again, and it always boils down to the more self-worth that you have, the more you will absolutely be able to manage being responsible for yourself and actually see results. Well, and I think the sad thing is that people don't realize that they hold the power. Totally. You you don't have to rely on somebody else to find that motivation. Mm -hmm. And I think the motivation struggle has many faces. You know, some people are just whiners. But I think most people simply struggle with time. Mm -hmm. It really is a bit of a balancing act. And it is for all of us. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it honestly takes time and effort to find your groove. And most of us need to reach that breaking point where we say enough is enough. It's time for a change. It's time to get my head out of my ass and make my health and fitness a priority or whatever it is. And I think most of us fall into that category. The category you don't want to fall into, I feel like, is the zero to 60 unrealistic expectations trap. Oh yeah. You know, they'll they'll say they've been making bad decisions as far as diet goes and oh, I haven't been active for X number of years. But hey, (laughs) let's jump right into a competition prep instead of (laughs) easing back into a healthy routine. Yes. To me, that sounds like a good way to set yourself up for failure. Actually, we did an episode on unrealistic expectations. Yes, we did. And people would not believe how often we get these people who've never set foot into a gym and they'll contact me and say, yeah, you know, I have no idea about bodybuilding, but I think I want to do a competition in 12 weeks and all the power to them for being that motivated. But unfortunately, those are the people that tend to lose motivation as quick as they start. Yeah, it's good to have a goal, but you know, let's start with baby steps. Yeah. How about just going for a 30 minute walk every day first? So yeah, I think what Sarah is saying too, and going back to that episode that we did that I encourage everybody to go check out, I believe it was called the trap of having body goals. It's that all or nothing mentality. And many of us are very familiar with walking that line. And I call it the dance between obsession and deprivation. And I think we're maybe getting a little off topic. I don't want to just make this episode about diet and exercise, because of course we want motivation to accomplish anything in life. So I do want to share a secret to getting things done that has worked really well for me over the years in every area of life. And what it essentially comes down to is believing that we have the power over the perceived outcomes that we've created in order to motivate ourselves. And like how we were mentioning the trap of setting body goals episode, which I encourage everybody to go listen to that one. That was a really 
popular episode. I'm still all about not being attached to a certain outcome and by that I mean not being attached to a certain outcome when it comes to your body goals. That's not to say that we can't have every intention to lose excess weight or to build more muscle or eat better but what I'm always preaching to myself and my clients is that we cannot be fixated on having to look a certain way by a certain day and why I'm relating this to the motivation episode is because we often paint a bad outcome for ourselves and that's what throws our motivation down the toilet. We attach ourselves to the outcome that oh I'll never become a famous author or I'll never look like a gorgeous fitness model so what's the point of even trying mentality and that is a huge motivation sucker and that way of thinking is totally what prevents so many of us from getting our ass into the gym or getting to that coffee shop and start writing. As I like to say, successful people, they believe in their ability to design and change their lives. And that is the first step to accomplishing anything. You have to believe that you can do it. And what I don't think many of us realize is that motivation is basically just a skill. And like any skill that we've developed, it absolutely can be learned. But in order to learn anything in life, obviously we're going to have to practice it. So we need to put those good habits into place. We need to make them a priority and that will force us to practice and obviously improve on our skills. So it's the same thing as taking piano lessons or hitting a PR on deadlifts. It takes time and it takes practice. So something that I've personally found really helpful in my own motivational practice is making use of a giant white board and I use that for seeing the growth of my business and basically I have it separated into four groups and on each corner of the whiteboard it represents a timeline so I've got the first one is three months the next one is one year the third one is three years and the final one is lifetime and yes I realize that is quite the wide range of dates but it really does help to see the vision in front of me and keep me on track when I can see the tasks that appear in my three-month timeline and then I can look at my ideal lifetime lifestyle that I would love to be living in 30 years from now when I of course will be the hottest gilf on earth. Does everyone know what gilf means? I think so. Think milf but g is for grandma. (laughs) Does anyone else care about being a gilf? at that point. Well, I certainly do. But anyway, if I know who I am. I'm good. What I then try to do in relation to my little whiteboard of timelines, and I know that I mentioned that in terms of body goals, it's unhealthy to have set timelines, but I do think that in terms of like building a brand or an empire or any other life's goals, a timeline is obviously very helpful. But yeah, what I try to do is every single day I'll stay focused on those 3 month tasks and then I will break each one down into smaller tasks that will obviously add up to accomplish the bigger task and then every morning as I'm drinking my coffee I break out my day planner and I'll write out three important things that must get done that day and I try my best to accomplish those three urgent things but then I always fit them into my schedule alongside my other daily priorities such as going to the gym because yes again that is a daily priority for me just like taking a shower or drinking coffee or Sarah picking up her kids. 
Yeah, I feel like that's the hardest part about this hip thing is like even just yesterday inside I was feeling energized and there was a couple things that I wanted to work on. I really was in that mood to sink my teeth into something and then I did the dishes and after I was done the dishes physically I needed to sit down. I was in so much pain the thought of tackling those projects was just exhausting. I'm so looking forward to the surgery because for the past few months I've been walking or should I say hobbling around in this fog you know I've been putting off surgery to get the most life out of this artificial hip but I'm not really living at this point I don't feel like me I feel like the walking dead dragging around some chewed up piece of meat (laughs) the pain suck is it's affecting both knees my back my role as a mom just my life and fortunately it looks like November might be uh, when the surgery is happening oh nice and not too far no I am so ready to do this. Ready to fix this. I want to feel like me again. I want my life back. I want that surgery and I'm feeling motivated again to do what I can do with this rickety old bag of bones (laughs) because I need to be strong for surgery and my recovery. So I feel like I'm in a good place right now. Awesome. Well, and as they say, there are basically two ways to live your life either by default, letting things happen to you, or by design, getting your head out of your ass and making things happen. I like that. But yeah, that's awesome, Sarah, and I'm excited for you, and maybe when uh, November rolls around, you'll let us all do a YouTube video of your hip replacement and recovery. Or at least it should make for a very interesting Christmas video this year. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I think as much as a healthy mindset is important, and knowing your why and even knowing how you're going to lose weight or get fitter it's common knowledge for most people right we all know what we should be doing but actually doing it is another so I think we should spend some time talking about how to actually break the habits that made us put weight on in the first place or get lazy or whatever but Sarah I do want to give you credit for taking a very important first step and that's taking an honest look at yourself and your life and making up your mind that you are ready for the change and that's awesome thanks coach (laughs) and yeah I would probably suggest as a coach your next step or anyone needing a motivation boost is visualize those health improvements before you even take the action so that means seeing yourself with better energy and better mobility and that alone can actually be motivating well it's interesting that you say that because for the longest time I just felt like this pile of crap and there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Wah, wah. <laughs> and it was just this horrible waiting game. And now I constantly find myself thinking or saying, when I have my new hip, then blah, blah, blah. Okay, yes, I think that's great. But we also don't want to get stuck in the I'll be better when mentality either. And I know you see this with clients all the time who think, I'm not happy or confident now, but I will be when I lose 20 pounds. So let's try not to steer people into that mentality either. Yeah, well, that's kind of why I feel weird about using this as an example, because this is very much a physical thing, whereas I think what you're saying is more of a mental conditioning. Right. I mean, physically, I will be better because my body <laughs> will be functioning in a better way. <laughs> yes. 
Whereas, you know, putting the emphasis on when I have fake boobs, I will love myself. You know, that's just trying to fill a void, which I guess goes back to the first point you made. You need to work on your self-esteem as the number one priority in any of this. Yes, exactly. And just putting more focus on self-discovery rather than self-improvement. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm, Right? Yeah. Yeah. This whole process, right? It's about self-discovery, not just self-improvement. Yeah, but I can honestly say that whenever I'm in a good space health-wise or fitness-wise, my motivation might start out as wanting to lose 10 pounds. But as soon as I reach that point where I've just been eating better and increasing my activity and I start to feel good, inside it no longer becomes about the number on the scale. And I think anybody who has had healthy phases in their life versus those unhealthy phases, they know exactly what I mean. Yeah, it's what I call feeling optimal. And I know how awesome optimal feels so why would I want to feel anything less than optimal i.e. how I feel right now after we just ate a disgustingly large vegetarian platter from shawarma palace I literally was thinking the exact same thing (laughs) I just want to put on pajama pants right now and I'm really glad that I have been wearing my pajamas all day by the way Sarah made fun of when she first saw me so who's the loser now yeah this is true this is true I'm a little jealous but anyway going back to the visualization aspect of motivation I do think it can definitely be helpful for us to not just focus on the physical changes we can experience through changing our diet and exercise habits but it's actually been scientifically proven that when we can visualize an act our brains will then generate an impulse that tells our neurons to perform that movement so I do think that a good tool to help boost motivation is keep picturing ourselves working out in the gym, keep picturing yourself getting all sweaty and challenging ourselves to lift a heavy new weight that we have never lifted before, or imagine yourself cooking up a super healthy meal, like a stir fry with some tofu, and how good you'll feel to eat that nourishing healthy food, and how it will fuel our bodies to go kill that workout and hit a new PR on deadlift. Although visualizing my sad little corner in the basement might have an opposite effect. This is true. Well, in that case, then my tip for you would be to make a detailed plan that includes marking in your calendar when you're going to work out this week and what day you are going to cook up some healthy meals. Well, actually, you'll be happy to know that one of my goals for the summer is to create a real workout space that is somewhat inviting. Mm, Good. And with better lighting than the trouble light that hangs on a nail over my treadmill. (laughs) Perfect. So that's another great motivator and I think it's important for all of us to set specific and realistic small goals that will help keep us on track. And for Sarah, that is creating a motivating workout space. For others, it might be as simple as swapping fruit for, you know, the brownies that you're eating every night. And then it's just a matter of actually taking action. So that means creating weekly menus or grocery lists and actually sticking to them and of 
course, most importantly, being patient. Remember, new habits, they do take time to feel natural and become a regular part of your routine. So maintain that resolve. Make those habits stick, but you absolutely need to start thinking of yourself as a healthy eater and regular exerciser. And knowing that you are a fitter, healthier person won't make you feel like such a failure when you do have the occasional night of bad eating or if you miss a workout. But anyways, I feel like it has turned into kind of a long episode, so let's shut her down and get to the iTunes review of the week. Oh, and a shout out and thank you to Zara for being our newest Patreon supporter. Zara? Zara? It's probably Zara. Yeah, I'm thinking Zara. Either way, thank you for the podcast love and support, Zara. You rock. And this week's five-star iTunes review of the week comes from Lucky Girl, and it is titled Very Informative Ladies. Here goes. I like the Shorky sisters. They're vegan sisters that are funny, informative, and just really genuine. They're awesome, and I recommend them. You get different perspectives. One sister is a single woman who competes in fitness competitions, and the other sister is a mom and wife. So you really get different opinions of things. Thank you, lucky girl. You nailed it. (laughs) Mine sounds... single woman who competes in fitness (laughs) can I be a wife and mom instead (laughs) anyway thank you so much for that lucky girl we really appreciate the five star review and please guys keep those reviews coming because those help us get sponsors which hopefully one day I will eventually be able to spend time on getting (laughs) speaking of motivation all right Sarah what will we be singing to conclude this week's episode Oh, I'm going back to being a seven-year-old girl staring up at a dreamy poster of Corey Hart. We're going with Never Surrender. Perfect. This totally brings me back to the 80s. And remember, you loved Corey Hart. He was a cute boy. Here we go. Just Just a little more time is all we're asking for to get sponsors. Cause just, just a little more time could open closing doors to get sponsors. <laughs> just a little uncertainty can bring you down. And nobody wants to know you now. And nobody wants to show you how. So if you're lost and on your own you can never surrender and if your path won't lead you home you can never surrender and when the night is cold and dark you can see you can see light Cause no one can take away your right to fight and to never surrender, to never surrender. Time is all we're asking for. (laughs) I often wonder if 
people as they're coming into the building uh, i live on the ground floor of my yeah, apartment I know. complex I'm constantly like is anybody hearing this yeah or? i'm sure they must think i'm such a weirdo <laughs> with my car plastered in vegan bumper stickers and all they can hear is us you belting out, out. <laughs> 80s songs <laughs> from my apartment anyways we hope everybody enjoyed that episode and we hope you're all feeling very motivated to go kill it at whatever it is you've been putting off be it your health and fitness and diet goals to anything else you got going on that's it for this week shorty sisters out I love myself today.